Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Today I sat down and interviewed the godfather or one of the four godfathers of Common Folk Coffee, Sammy Keck. Uh, Sammy is someone who I've gotten to know fairly well over the last uh, probably 12, 18 months, but more so the last couple of months. He's an incredible human. He is the, I guess, idea behind Common Folk and Common Folk Coffee and he's the person that kind of helped bring that idea to the world. Uh, he's a, an amazing person. He's a great leader of people. He's uh, a Christian, which as most of you guys who know me will understand my, I guess, uh, adversity to religion and things like that. So it was a very, very interesting podcast. Uh, we talked about all things business and life and work and all those things. So hopefully you guys get a lot out of it. Enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lucky. It's good to be here. It's very, very good to have you. How's your day been? Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Drove to the city for absolutely no reason at all. Yeah, thanks for reminding me again. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for those that are listening and those that have just started listening, uh, this podcast started about 10 minutes ago, but I forgot to hit, re- hit record, forgot to plug the uh, microphone in, so we're revisiting a few things so Sammy can think of better answers. We're true professionals. Yeah, though. spot on, spot yeah. on. I am winging it, but... We, uh, we can't win them all. Yeah. What gets you out of bed in the morning? All right. I think the answer's probably the same as what I gave you uh, <laughs> off the record. Um, <laughs> but pull me up if I'm changing anything. Um, look, I um, seven uh, takes of the snooze button, I reckon I probably takes me half an hour to an hour to sort of wake up from first, I don't know, removing myself from my dreams and kind of <laughs> placing my brain back into the real world. Yeah. Um, much of this may have my wife, um, who just, if she wakes up, she's just out of bed. Yeah, she's um, one of those ones. Yeah, yeah. But, but I go to sleep late, so I don't feel too bad. Um, but what gets me up in terms of a philosophical thing, I don't know. Um, uh, the excitement of sort of what's going to happen. Um, I'm essentially living the dream. You know, I'm doing what I would never have thought it was possible but what I always wanted to do so yeah it's um it's easy enough to to get out of bed and to go into work even if it's going to be tough stuff to do I love um I love walking through the doors I love having a coffee um, but yeah let's go 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 sorry you- <laughs> forget all of that bullshit <laughs> coffee gets me out of bed <laughs> yeah well there you go simple, simple answer coffee always wins are you a straight out of bed, like once you actually get yep. out get out of bed, are you a straight to work kind of guy yep. or do you hang out at home? Or? No, no, I don't. I I get a lot of energy from probably from people. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'd probably want to get to work as quick as I can, have a coffee, yeah, kind of get my mind in the game. If I'm at home in the morning, like I'd have a reason to have got up for say like two hours before work. There'd be a reason um, like, yep. you know, whether I had to do something or... Forward, you know, I don't eat breakfast. I just drink coffee. But being a boss, you can just roll in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Want. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I try, I try and make sure I get there like ten minutes before my allocated time. Um, don't ask the staff whether I actually do that because, because um, <laughs> I like to set the example. You know, 
Uh, well, we're usually in there for our third coffee and you, yeah, you stroll in and stroll in mid-morning. But yeah, hey, guys. <laughs> for those that don't know, what do you do? Um, well, um, <laughs> that's a great question. At the moment, I uh, run sort of a, a three businesses, I suppose, but um, they're all coffee-related. Yep. Two of them are cafes and one of them is a wholesale roastery. Um, and two of them are in the one location, which is super convenient. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'm a coffee guy. I import, roast, make, deliver, drink coffee. Awesome, awesome. Why, why coffee? Um, it's a really good question, and I've been asked this a few times, and I guess the answer probably hasn't really changed, although it keeps evolving. Like, yeah. why still coffee is a, is, a, is something that I've been thinking too. I think initially I just really loved. Um, food and sort of wine and coffee and the finer things in, in life. I kind of got the opportunity to work at some cool cafes when I was pretty young yeah. um, and kind of fell in love with how different it was to say, you know, the my other experience, which is working in like a fish and chip shop, a pizza shop and like Red Rooster. So you got real basic um, foods. Versus yeah, basic foods versus sort yeah. of this like um, almost an art, you know, and chefs, you know, can talk for ages about, you know, like food and passion and and, and baristas were the same and it was the same with wine and, and coffee seemed to be the one aspect that, that had been investigated the least no one really knew what they were doing but everyone said that they did there was <laughs> yeah. a lot of secrets like there used to be like you know like you had to um, pull a shot through the espresso machine in the morning and throw it out because you know somehow the machine would make it taste bad the first okay. shot I think the, it was going to taste like metal or something but it was like actually just like I later found out it was just bullshit. Uh, um, the, the roasting these told you, yeah, secrets, so, yeah. but so that you throw out more coffee, so you uh, have to buy more coffee from. Yes, that all just yeah, which is kind of funny. Yeah. That's that's super that's super cool. So, did how did you first kind of dive into the mm. coffee industry? So my first job making coffee, where I yeah. basically learned to make coffee, was at Merrick's General Store, um, back when it was owned by the um, the Islands and the Kelmans years ago, um, and I was lucky enough to sort of, I think, have days off school or year, I think it would have been year 12 at the time, that um, that meant I could work when they needed someone to make coffee. Um, they taught me and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and from there, I sort of tried to get barista jobs whenever I went for a job. And um, also when I was at university, um, I used to get um, the uni Wi-Fi for free at Seven Seeds, which is a pretty famous roastery in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and Seven Seas didn't offer free Wi-Fi. This was sort of early days when only McDonald's offered free Wi-Fi. Yeah, okay. But because I got Wi-Fi from Uni in their cafe, you just sit there doing my assignments. <laughs> and that's when I sort of started paying attention to yeah, roasting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I just taste their coffees and kind of talk to the baristas, like probably much to their frustration and annoyance because <laughs> like this stupid guy yeah. <laughs> asking them about coffee. But surely, surely they'd love that, having someone come in and be, yeah. I guess, passionate about what they're doing. Surely that's going to get them up for about about... You're actually, and you're probably right. I reckon um, back in the day, which was like when it was probably about ten years ago. Now, How old are you now? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Good. Thirty. Good. Um, not, but, not, 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 haven't no. hit that <laughs> top of the hill yet. No, no I'm still. I'm you're still doing okay. I'm still climbing. Yeah, <laughs> just slower than I used to be. Um, no, but I reckon you're probably right. They probably did enjoy it more than say, you know, someone who works there now might. No discredit to you know any of the great baristas and people working at those famous roasteries, but. When the industry was new, because they were one of the first, yep. everybody was so excited who was involved with it because everything was different and new. No one was importing specialty single origin coffees. No one was working with farmers. No one was roasting their own. So anyone who showed interest in that was like welcomed. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, that's probably one reason why not only did I like coffee, but then I continued to develop it as my passion because um, it 
it was something that people were willing to share and it was and it was breaking what had been those old industry secrets and all the kind of you know bells and whistles yeah, that you know really yeah bullshit, yeah, yeah all these people like hey that stuff is rubbish let's let's focus on flavor and actual quality That's you know and, and and it was exciting like it really it resonated with me because i'm a passionate person i like to do things well yeah um so when i found other passionate people who were trying to do things well and it involved food and coffee <laughs> <laughs> easy easy it was an easy sell yeah, yeah. So it's from sitting down in the in Seven Senses and, and doing your study yeah. and sitting on their Wi-Fi, what, how did you progress from that? Um, I realized that although I loved what I was studying, um, that, um, that I also really loved hospitality. And I basically asked myself a question. I was like, if I wanted to do both, which one should I do first? Yeah. Um, and the answer was hospitality because I knew how exhausting it was. It wasn't a desk job. It was on your feet you know, long hours, you know, like yeah. also super risky. If I was going to open my own business, like 80% hospitality businesses don't succeed. So I figured I should do that first. While well, I'm young, I've got nothing to lose. Um, when the passion's still burning and yeah. I have energy. That's it. Um, and yeah, so I chose it to, yeah. to try and pursue that. Um, and that, that was when it really changed for me. I, I wanted to finish my degree, but, but I knew that immediately after I was going to get a job in a cafe making coffee full time yeah. whilst trying to set up my own. How, how old were you when you kind of like had that, I guess, realization or when you came to that, this is what I'm going to do? I was actually, at the time, I felt like I'd taken too long um, yeah. to come to that realization. But now I'm like, I, was, I would have been 20. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Because when I was 18, I was going to be, you know, a zoologist. I was going to be Daddy Attenborough. Yeah. And by the time <laughs> I turned 20, I, I wanted to be roasting coffee. Um, that's awesome. And so I had a couple of years left at uni, but I knew what I was going to do. So you started zoology? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why did you kind of dive into that? Was it David Attenborough? That was a great little uh, segue. Yeah, mate, I've been practicing. (laughs) We're 20 down, 21 down or something. Uh, Because I guess, like I had no idea and the boys told me before that that was what you studied. So how did you get from, I guess, school to zoology to ditching that and coffee? Uh, so I was a weird kid um, who every time I had like a birthday, this is what my mum tells me, I can't remember doing this, my mum tells me this, <laughs> I'd have a birthday party and I'd invite all my friends around yeah. and then I'd just be like, they're like, oh, what are you going to do, like pass a parcel or I don't know, tiggy or kick the footy or whatever and I'm like, yeah, okay, but first we're going to sit down and watch David Attenborough documentaries. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um, so I just loved animals. I grew up on a like a hobby farm. My mum loved gardening she loved the sort of um uh, growing our own food and our own produce but also growing our own animals like that's awesome chickens and goats and Whereabouts? dogs uh in bitten back when bitten was sort of regionally okay. <laughs> before josh brown moved in there yeah <laughs> um, <Shout out. laughs> snake old boys and stuff um but oh, shameless plug oh always we're yeah. getting a uh, shout out bell which yeah. is going to sit here yeah, and we're going to ring. ding it every time we have a yeah. shout out. I think it's at least a one free t-shirt there from the snake. Oh, mate. Company. Every, yeah. yeah. Oh, that could be, finally get a sponsor for the podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work that out. I can sponsor coffees, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, done. Probably cheaper than a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Much cheaper. <laughs> Shit. Um, like where are we at? Yeah, so that was, that was in Britain. And, um, yeah. and my mum really encouraged that. She's, she was a teacher, but she, um, she, uh, uh, resigned from her job to sort of bring up four kids before yeah. anchoring back into it when we were a bit older and so we were homeschooled but also really encouraged to get outside um, kind of get our hands dirty and and she was big on sort of education it's yeah. funny because I didn't realise at the time I just thought it was normal to like to rear your own chickens and to 
you know, um, and to watch yeah. David Attenborough documentaries. But now I'm kind of like, no, nah, that was probably my parents' influence. Definitely. Um, but I just loved it. Like, exactly. I actually knew, I remember, probably first I wanted to be an archaeologist. So I wanted to, or a paleontologist. I yep. wanted to study dinosaurs. That's cool. Um, and I actually knew the, um, I couldn't even tell you now, but I knew the scientific names of dinosaurs. That's cool. Um, and, and I was so excited to do it. And then one day I realized the dinosaurs were all dead. <laughs> so and I couldn't. You're just searching for things that have already happened. Yeah, and I couldn't um, like go out and find a dinosaur. <laughs> so I moved on to like- How heartbreaking was that as a kid? It was, I think, I don't know. I, so it probably crushed me, it probably did. Yeah. Cause there was, I remember getting in trouble with um, my, it would have been prep or U1 um, teacher because we had to write what we did on the weekend and I wrote that I discovered a dinosaur. Yeah. And she called my mum and said that I was lying. Because <laughs> um, I, I, and yeah. so my mum was like, oh, it's great, he's using his imagination. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't care about my imagination. Like, I didn't find a dinosaur. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 what? They, they don't, I, I couldn't have done that. Like, I mean, I know yeah. I was, I know I didn't really, but wait, I thought fun. that it was yeah. possible. Yeah. I think it would have been then, so I just moved on to other animals and just loved it. Yeah, yeah that's super cool. So, yeah. Hope School? Uh, well, no. Uh, yes, but no. Well, yeah. So, um, so I still went to, to schools, but my mum yep. taught the schools I was at. Ah, and so, she probably taught us a lot before we went in. So, I, apparently, um, if you can't retail, I could talk a lot. Apparently, I was talking <laughs> before I could, like, crawl around. Awesome. So, like, people would be like, oh, what a cute little baby. And I'd be like, I'll get out. How you going? Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. So did that, so being a paleontologist or wanting to be a paleontologist and then moving to kind of loving the Dave Nattenborough stuff, yeah. is that kind of what pushed you into that uni degree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when I realized that I couldn't discover dinosaurs, um, I, on the flip side, I was like, you know, I actually, like I'm so passionate about um, like biology and zoology and, and more importantly, just like, you know, sustainability and seeing what we have preserved for, you know, sort of the, the future. Um, Thanks, Captain Planet, for sort of inspiring me. Like, uh, what, a, um, what a TV show. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Kids are missing out these days. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, just, I just wanted to do zoology. I wanted to be able to do that. And then I wanted to be able to communicate um, that to other people in the same way I felt, you know, Attenborough had communicated to me just the importance, but also just the, 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 the immensity and, like, amazingness of, of nature and yeah. animals. Like, so much bigger than humans. But well, usually, I think that's something that so many people don't appreciate as yeah. much as they should yeah and, and i'm sure like even now that you're not necessarily studying it anymore but yeah like i love those david Attenborough documentaries oh. and i love going hiking and yeah. traveling and going to different places where different things exist so you yeah. can see i guess how insignificant we are mm. as a species yeah. or as a as people because you see all these amazing things happening yeah. um the new new uh, Blue Earth documentary is coming out oh, soon. I'm man, so excited. It's going to be great. It's, uh, it looks amazing. Um, so when, when do you think you kind of knew or kind of had locked in your head that's what you wanted to do? Um, from uh, probably early high school. Yeah. When did you go to high school? Uh, Flinders. Flinders. So um, in dive. Um, so, I knew that I wanted to do zoology. I think from there, I, I like kind of floated the idea of um, getting more into sort of chemistry and physics side of things but in the end I think for me I'm a handsy kind of guy and the idea that I actually couldn't like touch and interact on a like physical level with a lot of what I was doing was what what put me back onto like sort of animals like the idea of being out in the field and then doing surveys of like brush tailed possums was kind of like interesting that's really cool yeah yeah Yeah, I guess it's probably very 
uh, uncommon for kids to know exactly what they want to do. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they like, generally not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. that yeah, that kind of pushed you to the point where you are now, where you, yeah. we know what you're doing. Uh, after after kind of starting to get his coffee and starting to find those jobs, how did it progress from there into you knew you wanted to run your own business, but how did it progress to actually that um, eventuality? It's it's a it's it's a great question too because it was a it actually took a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't I think it's probably actually quite common for a lot of people that like they have an idea and it takes them years to yeah. to, to kind of for it to mature into something that, that's actually doable. Yeah. Um, I uh, one of my good friends Sarah Dingwell is um, she runs the Common Folk Studio and we actually both sort of shared it would have been yeah about 18, 19 years of age sort of this, the pipe dream of having this collaborative space where like kind of great coffee can meet sort of creativity and art. And, and we, we wanted to open up a cafe. It was going to be on Main Street, Mornington, yeah. or just off in a little corner shop um, called Foxtrot. Because <laughs> <You had the laughs> we were hipsters. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We were selling this. And, um, and, so and it was going to be like Sarah would have this little kind of bench to do a glass work and stuff. And I'd be, you know, serving coffees and we'd have a projector that would have like a, a film on loop of like a fox just running around. There's a zoology <laughs> part of it. You know? I love that. If it was in Australia, it'd be someone hunting the fox, but if it was in the UK, it'd be fine. Um, but, <laughs> That's so cool. Um, and, and that was sort of the first time, we actually did a business plan for it. Um, and um, we kind of realized we didn't have any money. <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. So then I was at the same time working at V. Batisti and Mount Martha was the barista. Yeah. Um, and... I uh, just happened to sort of be chatting with like some guys on you and they're like, oh, do you want to do your own business? And I'm like, well, actually, as a matter of fact, I do. Um, and uh, so after, it was my mate Duncan and yeah, after chatting to him, um, you know, and him sort of saying, yeah, I'd love to back you. I told him about like the idea with Sarah and, you know, doing that and he was really keen and we did a business plan together and again, we realized we didn't have enough money. Yeah. <laughs> and so he actually knew a couple of other guys, one of whom was obsessed with coffee roasting and, and sort of going through a similar journey in a way to me that I'd never met. Um, and yeah. another one who was sort of, you know, maybe keen to, to get on board, you know, some young people and invest in that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, one thing led to the other. And I think from then it just became a few steps of like, okay, so let's incorporate a business. Let's set up a trust. Let's, yeah. let's start looking for a location. Let's develop a more you know, rigorous business plan. And then kind of fast forward, it would have been sort of two years later, we actually found 16 Progress Street. And, and, and then, the I mean, it was too late once we signed a lease. We just yeah. had to do it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I love yeah. that. So <clears throat> how, how important for you was those having those people behind you and those people yeah. kind of supporting you in what, was your passion and what you wanted to do? For me, I think key. So I'm the kind of guy who, um, I can do things by myself. Um, I don't struggle to work alone, but my best work is done when I can bounce off other people. Um, And having Sarah was great because that really, it got me excited, you know, about what we were doing. And then when I found other guys who, um, so shout outs, I should say to to Duncan, Benny and Andrew, it would be nothing without you guys. Um, But um, when they kind of got on board, um, it was great to have structure and, 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 and all of those guys in their own right have been successful in life and great business people and kind of had different elements of sort of um, that they could contribute. Um, if not, you know, like me with my coffee, you know, it was them with their other skills. And yep. I think together what we managed to do was create something way bigger than my vision. Um, yep. It was something that was sort of more, um, you know, like all encompassing where we were not just you know, roasting coffee, but we had a commercial roaster. We weren't just, you know, serving coffee. We had a whole warehouse to do it in. And, you know, like, uh, and, and I think just in terms of like actually practically fitting out the shop, like yeah. we all just did it 
like, you know, I had friends and family, um, but obviously in particular, yeah. those guys, like so just cool. in there with hammers and nails and yeah. um, totally legitimate sparking and plumbing and stuff. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, it's all fun. We've been through exactly, we went through exactly <laughs> the same thing. Just get all the, all, all the, uh, all the boys and girls yeah. who are good at what they do and, and, yeah. and let them work. And it's, uh, how long has it been now? 2013, was it? Yeah, almost five years. Almost five years. That's, that's, in, that's insane. For, it uh, is insane. It freaks me out. Yeah, it's, it's super cool because, you know, from my, like my point of yeah. view as a customer, yeah. um, initially, like, we first started talking about having a gym in Mornington in, like, maybe 2014. And yeah, then we, okay. we, we didn't move in or find our, find our spot until later 2015. Mm. We um, were almost at our second birthday, actually. Um, but we kind of gravitated towards common folk like right yeah. from the start as soon as we moved into where we were we spent most days or we, <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> we, we sent interns in the morning yeah. to common folk and, and it's yeah, yeah. It, and it, it's just different and I think that that warehouse kind of feel but it's it's very it's a very homely feel yeah and it's that community yeah. vibe and you know we were talking about before like it was just everything was buzzing everyone mm. just wanted to be there everyone was yeah. happy and yeah how, why did you decide on the warehouse rather than yeah. somewhere on Main Street like you were wanting to do? Um, at first, it was probably necessity. So we were looking for a place, not on Main Street, but just off. Yeah. Um, but nowhere was big enough within our price range. Yeah. In fact, to be honest, even the small places weren't within our price range. I mean, it's more expensive down there for something little. It's than, crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, so we just like, we almost gave up on Mornington. Um, really? Which was, yeah, because we just didn't. We didn't think, and then like we'd been chatting with um, Maddie from the brewery, and those guys are like were legends and really ins- inspirational to us, as I think they are a lot of businesses. Yeah, um, definitely. And we uh, we kind of flagged the idea of doing a warehouse because we probably had, I guess, precedence from a planning point of view to do it because primarily we wanted to wholesale and roast coffee. Yeah. Um, and so then when we Sarah actually found Progress Street, she drove past and was like, "This factory looks cool." Uh, <laughs> That's so, so cool how yeah. that happens. And That's I went so checked cool. it out. I'm like, oh man, this is this is cool. This is like a great facade, and yeah, like it. And then we walked in and had the courtyard out the back, and I'm like, oh, this is this is Perfect. too good to be true. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, we it, it, it just made sense when we found it. All of us went and had a look at it, and we're like, yeah, this this feels right, and nothing yeah. had felt right before. Like, like, like I get yeah. that. We had that same feeling. We yeah. um we tried to tried to lock one in and it fell through, and yeah. end up seeing that like this is perfect, and you just know like yeah. it's one of those things. Like I'm sure. It'll, it was, uh, and I'll ask you the story about it in yeah. a second, but I'm sure it was like that was when you're locked in the place and locked yeah. in the business name and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You just know. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's funny how, like, because I'm a fairly pragmatic person, fairly pragmatic. Yeah. I'm also idealistic, but, <laughs> but like, it's funny that, like, I was led by emotion then. I mean, the price was right and everything, that's fine, but, yeah. but actually, in the end, like, it was, I looked at it and it felt right. But and, I think you've got yeah. to be that yeah. to a point. And I think that there's something, uh, maybe we'll touch on it later too, but there's something human about that. I think we probably discredit um, how much we're led by our emotions, but also how well that serves us sometimes. I reckon yeah. uh, from, a, from a biological point of view, that's actually, there's probably something there. Um, I've got this thing that I kind of I struggle with that <clears throat> I think if you follow your gut and do the right thing, things, yeah. things will always work out well in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate the saying things happen for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of do. Um, oh, I've been following the podcast like yeah. now. Mate, my, we're going to win you over. My head this, goes, this, this, my this goes some head, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> my head goes around in this circle all the time. But um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get to that uh, a little bit later yeah. on. How, how did you think of the name Common Folk or where'd that come from? 
<laughs> we had a so um, and, and I'll shout out to Sarah again because she's incredible inspirational like for a lot of things um, but also our, our mate Andy Murray who helped us with um, the design initially um, not, we, not the tennis player well, every Aussie Open, he <laughs> pretends he's a tennis player and does a running commentary of sort of his experience at the Australian Open. But That's no, not, not a tennis player. He's, he's, he's I think, uh, oh, it would have been, I'm uh, probably wrong. Apologies, Andy, if you listen to this, but you're like the 09 young Victorian designer of the year. He's a phenomenal guy. Nice. He's a great artist. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were sitting around a table in my house thinking of names because by this stage we were like, fuck, trust and rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't put the, uh, the the video on with the fox running around for oh, hours on end. No, no. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to encapsulate a few things. Yeah. Um, part of it was um, the idea that um, we're we're welcoming and it's for everybody because yeah. we realised that like you know that whole I saw at the time you know maybe specialty coffee and roasting coffee was a bit hipster, a little yep. bit unattainable. Gotcha. Like, uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for everybody. But I was like, you know what? Firstly, it's not going to work on a peninsula because people have never had this before. Secondly, that's not me. Like, I don't want to not serve, you know, some trading and high visit coffee because, yeah. you know, because he didn't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to give him a coffee anyway. Like, yeah. I don't want to be a dickhead. So that was sort of like the common part of it. Um, but then uh, just like, um, just calling something common would be like, uh, it's just common. Um, and then we're like, what's about the people? And so we're going through different words for people and everything. And I think we actually came up with common folk early on. And just, yep. But for whatever reason, we just brushed it aside. And then later, we're going back over what we've done and we saw it and we're like, wait a second. That's the one. Common folk. That's it. 100% it. And, um, that's really cool. And it, yeah, it was, it's, it's thanks to those two who are probably more creative than me. <laughs> I think like, it's just a perfect name. Um, yeah, well, mate, it's, it's yeah. spot on because it encapsulates everything you guys are about mm. and that. I guess that community that you've built over the last yeah. almost five years. It's um yeah, it's pretty incredible and it's also been a part of it. So from uh, the wider Mornington community and people, <laughs> people that have visited Common Folk, yeah. thank you. Because oh, it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, so why'd you get into like I guess wholesaling roasting coffee rather than yeah. just being a, a cafe? Um it was it was about sharing it with other people. So one of my thoughts, and this is probably more of a, a businessy thought, like, you know, when we were, the, I think um, Ben, one of my partners, might have raised it. He's like, well, why would we just roast coffee for ourselves? Is anyone else doing it like this? And I'm like, well, not really on the peninsula. Yeah. Um, so then we're like, well, we, we should share it. You know, we should grow the business, like, you know, with wholesale as well so that more people can have good coffee. Yeah. Um, and so that probably led us to, to thinking about that it's a strategic thing, um, but also, I mean, uh, I mean, part of it is it's another avenue for revenue. So yeah. kind of what is it, diversifying <laughs> <laughs> diversification? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably pretty important, I guess. Well, it's integral to what you guys do, and like probably building that brand so quick. Yeah, uh, being able to be seen as the guys, uh, f- like sending coffee all over the all yeah. over the shop. Um, how many places do you send it to? Uh, we've got about thirty accounts. Yeah, but I'd say probably like ten key accounts um, our, our, our initial our initial aim was we said we wanted to get serve common folk coffee in the best cafe in every suburb on the peninsula so we didn't want to overdo yeah. it um, but you know if there was a postcode we're happy to have a cafe there and we wanted them to be like really passionate and really great yeah. and I think like, like we've, we've just about sort of done that in a way and I yeah. think now it's about you know like um, bringing in more people into sort of the family who share that, that value and those philosophies yeah that's really cool what what was the growth like in the first 12 months? Because um, um, I guess I wasn't, yeah. I probably didn't enter Common Folk to no. maybe 20, started 2015. So those first yeah. two years, what was it like? Um, 
Well, it's actually funny. So, and this is where, like, from a business point of view, I learned the most lessons. So I thought that for the cafe would be quiet because yeah. of where it was. Yeah. Um, and that roasting would, would go off because it was so new. It was quite novel and a lot of businesses would be keen to take it up. Yeah. Um, we found that a lot, of, and, and it makes sense now, having run my own hospitality business, a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of businesses were apprehensive about getting into bed with these young hipstery, you know, <laughs> whippersnappers who were telling them that their coffee was shit and they should use ours. Uh, and I mean, that's not the words we used, but you know, that was yeah, the vibe they got. Yeah. Um, and so wholesale was a slow burn, um, but the cafe went nuts. Like the first day we opened, I remember um, um, an old customer of mine who ended up becoming one of our head baristas at some stage, Jack O'Keefe, came in at, I think we opened at like eight or something. Yeah. And he came in at eight on the dot and he got the first coffee and I'm like, oh, this feels good. I made cool. a coffee, hand, someone's handed over money for it. Yeah. And I reckon half an hour later we were full. That's awesome. And I, but like we had my wife like was working. Was so just- no, it was supposed to be a soft opening because yeah. like a whole village had helped us build this this, so just, this thing yeah. everyone knew yeah. everyone came down and I'm like it was insane that's amazing <laughs> which was like it was good um, like because obviously from them we were like okay this will work but it was scary because <laughs> we, we weren't prepared for it so we did a lot of catching up in the first year from a cafe point of view yeah that's, yeah. that's, that's super cool when, when did it start to go well this is pumping we're doing really well at this when did you start thinking about other things um I actually say this, I share this with a lot of people who say buying a cafe or starting um, a, a new venture or something like that. And, and I always tell them like, after six months, you, like, you'll, you'll want to die and you'll hate it and yeah. you'll be like, I can't, I can't do this. This is the worst decision I've ever made. Everything is terrible. I've, I've been in yeah. that stage. And then after 12 months, times, yeah. Yeah, after 12 months, you'll be like, nah, I can do this. This will work. This will work. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I reckon to a, to a, to a, like a dime it works every time it's yeah. and it was for us in six months I thought what have I done like, I can't see um, how I can deal with this I can't see you know, how I'm going to grow into this yeah. um, it's, it's overwhelming I don't know how to deal with all this stuff you know I thought I was a pretty capable person but now all my weaknesses are out there on display um, and like luckily because I had a great wife um, you know really supportive business partners and, and a community who wanted us to succeed yeah. You know, like you, you were kind of riding on the shoulders of giants, and I probably at, at about yeah, at about twelve months, I reckon that's when I'm like, now nah, I feel like I know what this looks like now, yeah. and, and now I can start thinking about strategy beyond just staying alive, you know, staying afloat. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting and like I guess I've been through the same thing. Yeah, going from that mindset of holy shit, are we going to be open next month to to what's next yeah. and, and when everything starts to roll you start feeling oh shit this is this is yeah, yeah. what were the things that you did or what were the support networks you used to get you through those those times um, those shitty times I'm just trying to think of the of the, of the really practical sort of advice yeah. I, could, I could share that worked for me I reckon um, personally it was just knowing that um, that failure although it was a possibility um, you know, like if, if, you know, things kind of went that way was, was not the end of the world yeah. um, and that we just need to do our best and we need to get this going. Um, and that probably came from like my wife and my business partners. Yeah. Um, so that gave me a bit of security. Um, and, and it's, it's probably the start of, you know, when I, I started being able to give zero fucks about things I couldn't control. I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, which I think is really important too, is being able to let go of stuff that's, that you can't control. Yeah. Um, and 
and sort of a, my philosophy now would be like, I don't want to jump on mistakes, be it my own or be it my employees, but instead I want to think about what my responsibilities are and what I can influence and start focusing on those. So that it's, it's, it's looking to the future, it's living in the now and it's um, learning from the past, which is so obvious, but you just, people yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Um, they don't. I reckon they just don't. Um, and, and that's something that I had to learn, you know, to yeah. let go of stuff that didn't work. Um, and to to you know let myself be supported by the people who it's are better practical than me. like advices everyone says yeah. but yeah. it works yeah, like yeah. it's a that's and, that, and that's perspective I reckon so if there was one key thing that I think like kind of got me through that was being able to take a step back really look at it for what it was and yeah. go from there awesome. um, and you know to, and and figure out what advice was good and what advice was misinformed. Um, yeah, which is hard to say because like I could be saying this now maybe someone listening is like yeah but I've got heaps of people offering me advice and some of it's contradictory that's tough yeah um, would, would you suggest that those people just go with their gut and just and follow, yeah. follow their gut and so I think if it's your idea and if you really believe in it um, yeah, although it's you know it'd be unwise to not let yourself like learn yeah. um, from something I think in the end if, if it's 50-50 you gotta go yeah go with your gut because at least then, even if it doesn't work, yeah. you you can own it rather than yeah. resenting the person who's... Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't want to bring other people in that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. and at the end of the day, it buck stops with you. So, yeah, and, sure. and, But the way I kind of look at it is if it's, if it's something you're passionate about, if it's something that you love doing, you're going to put every ounce of energy you've got into it and it's going to, like, it's going to succeed. Yeah. In one way or another, you'll get to where you want to get to. And even if it fails... You'll learn. You'll yeah. pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and you'll keep yeah. carrying on. And I think that's that's where just playing that long game and, and putting in that those hours yeah. on the hours really really makes a difference. How many staffs do you guys have now? <laughs> Actually, I can tell you, fifty one. Fifty one. But but that's but amazing. but it sounds it sounds <laughs> insane. Yeah. And like you know that would make us one of the biggest employers on the peninsula. Blah blah blah. We're not. Um, yeah. It's, a lot of those people between, because we have two venues, yeah. some of them are crossovers, yeah. um, and most of them are casuals. A lot of students who might work one, maybe two shifts a week. Yeah. But we do have a core team of at least 30 people, super cool. um, which is crazy. I, I, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I don't course, know how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's just amazing. Like, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll hit 13 in, yeah. in November. Yeah. Um, and for me, like that's mind blowing. Like, I started off with just two of us, and yeah. and now it's thirteen. And it's yeah, it's it's crazy when you think, shit, I'm responsible for all these people. <laughs> like there's people who own houses and cars yeah. and stuff that yeah. like we can't pay for that stuff. And, oh, oh. It's, I just I don't think about. It. I just think about <laughs> yeah. doing my best. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, it's a bit intimidating. You mentioned your. Thanks second, for reminding me. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. You mentioned your second site. Ah, yeah. When yeah. did that happen? So our second site, Merchant and Maker. Um, Shout out. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> it probably happened about the same time you guys opened up. Yeah. Which actually probably, like, because I don't reckon I met you from a personal point of view no, until, not, like, probably six months in. Yeah, not properly. Um, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, like, um, I had a good crew kind of looking after common folk for me yeah. or focusing on that. Um, and it was very much a, hey, we're, we're like a big family and I feel like, you know, we want to grow and, and, and I feel like we've got some other things we can explore. Um, yeah. So common folk, for anyone who doesn't know, is pretty rustic. It's um, it's very handmade, and we, we love it. 
Um, and it's a great place for roasting coffee, catching up, there's a lot of space. But we thought that we could also do a good job of something a bit more refined, something a bit more contemporary. Yeah, pushing um, those yeah, kind of tastes yeah, yeah. and the things that you actually love. Yeah, and table service, that kind of thing. And so that's sort of where Merchant and Maker came from. Um, and we found a great location. And yeah. and once again, I mean, it was it was a much easier sort of process, I think, than Common Folk because we knew what we were doing. Not to say it was simple, but yeah, um, but yeah we probably set that up in, you know, probably three months, I think it took us. And, really? Yeah, that's and great. opened up and... Um, and yeah, had the staff, you know, training a common folk and a great team ready to go and yeah. Well, that, that. that's probably a bonus for it. You had, yeah, you already had, I guess, plan A worked and ticked off and now we go for yeah number two where you can really utilize that momentum. Did it help significantly having common folk already? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it, even I was even thinking about it. even if we, let's say we've done what a lot of people in Australia do, we'd sold, say, business A so that we could set up business B which yeah. is slightly more what we wanted to do um, that would have been tough too because um, we trained and also got a lot of stuff in um, earlier than you probably would be able to do if you were just setting up your own place yeah. so I think when we launched Merchant we had a clear understanding of what we wanted to achieve and you know things don't go to plan like we had you know a number of hiccups along the way but yeah. we always had that security knowing that worst case scenario we've got common folk backing us up um, yeah. yeah, which definitely helped yeah, that's super cool. What What do you think has been able to drive the culture between the two businesses since you, since the start? Um, well, we've got we share the same manifesto. Yeah, so we have a manifesto, yeah. which is which is kind of funny, um, but it's really cool and it has it has a number of values, you know, including accessible excellence was one of them, which was like in the common folk. Great and, word. You know, sort of creative spaces. We want to be a place that you could excel in whatever you're doing and be an innovator in everything. Yeah. Um, well, the important one was actually, it was sort of, a, it was a sacred space, a third space people, our customers and our staff would rather be that wasn't home or work or for our students, like study. Yeah. Um, and, and we sort of, we shared those common values. Um, we wanted, um, we wanted to promote uh, basically a family um, rather than just a business. Because um, I'd worked in so many hospitality businesses, yeah. some of which I've mentioned, and all of them were great for different reasons. But I think none of them were really. You were able to pick the best things from. Yeah, yeah from each one. Yeah, and the ones yeah. that was lacking. Yeah. You're like, this is what we want to do. Yeah. And and mostly they were just places of employment. Um, and I'm a passionate person. I don't just go. I don't like a lot of people are like. Oh, do you live to work or do you work to live? And I'm like, I can't answer that question because you're implying that like. The answer has to be one of them, or that somehow work or living is one is better than the other. Like I love, I love what so I do, so like yeah. I, I sure I live to work, but like, but like, but also I'm working same, and yeah. living. Like yeah, I don't know. What, what, what are you asking me? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love that. I love the way you look at that because like I find the same thing. Like people are like, why don't you have a day off? I don't want. I don't want a day off. I love coming to work. Like yeah. works. We need another word for work. Like this, yeah. this is what I do. Then like you're building something yeah. that's bigger than you you've yeah. got this whole community of people that are behind you and and yeah. wanting you to succeed because they love what you're doing and I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's pretty amazing and it's it's really cool you kind of said that because I uh, asked a bunch of your staff yeah. and ex-staff for a bunch <laughs> of questions oh really oh jeez uh, <laughs> and one of the questions was thanks Jack Jeffrey Jack Jeffrey <laughs> this is his question what why or how have you been able to or what's your mindset around creating common folk and you've been able to create a platform for I guess entrepreneurship mm. and empowerment for all your staff yeah. to go and do their own thing or really kind of take off and follow their passion and I think that's amazing from a business yeah. where a lot of businesses would just go no you're working for me for the rest of your life 
but you're yeah. like you yeah. want them to succeed. This is this is my pragmatic thing, and this is this was this is hard to do. Yeah, because it's and maybe our initial success has helped because I. Although no, look, I don't think it has because like I was stressed out of my mind for, for money and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really tempting to try and hold on to what's yours really tight and not let anyone else get it. And in particular, in hospitality, that's your staff. Um, and um, I, 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 Ryan Tolman, who's my head roaster, shout out to Ryan and myself, discussed very early on yeah. that our passion was to make ourselves um, dispensable. That was the first thing we wanted to do. Yeah, um, we didn't want to have to be there. Um, because that's what we saw a lot of businesses similar to what we were doing do and it just makes your life terrible yeah um, but also we wanted to embrace the people that we could get we wanted people who were passionate and and invested when they were with us yep. but understanding that like it's just statistical 50% of the hospitality workforce are students who yep. are studying to do what they want to do and what they love and I remember working for some people who like someone finished their uni degree, got a job as a physio or something, and then the boss was like, Oh, you can't leave me. I'm like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like that's what they were studying for. Like 100%. obviously they're gonna leave. So for me, I just tell my staff, even when I'm hiring them, we don't want you if you don't want us. Um, and more to the point, um, if the passion runs dry, talk to me about it. Yeah. And and if it's something that we're doing, maybe we can work on it. If it's something else, like I'll bless you and go out and succeed. Um like, I mean, I've got um, one of our, my, our favorite all-time employees, Casey Holmes. You probably remember her. Yeah. Amazing barista. Couldn't pour a coffee for her life when she <laughs> started, but it's just naturally talented. Yeah. Um, we shared a similar value in the sense that we just wanted the team to, to grow and to get better. And, and she got to a point where actually she was so good, I couldn't give her what, what probably she was capable of doing. Yeah. And so she left to go onward and upward to be head barista elsewhere. And yeah. she killed it. Now she's managing like an amazing cafe. That's and awesome. it's something that like four years ago, she would, if I'd said that to her, she'd be like, no, no way. What's a latte? Yeah. <laughs> what's a latte? <laughs> she yeah. didn't know what a latte is. Yeah, yeah. You've so, been able to provide that for her. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. And I want... Uh, and, and so, like I said, it's the pragmatic thing where it's going to hurt me too much if I think I own or have any entitlement to my staff. Yep. Uh, so I tell them, as long as the next step is a good one, I'm happy to support it. So there have been a couple of times where we've probably lost people for reasons that I thought were bad, like as in a bad decision on their part. Yep. And I've shared it with them as best I can. In the end, you know, I can't be responsible for the decisions you make. But I'd say largely, you know, like 90% of people people leaving us for whatever reason is yeah, to go on to bigger and better things. And and the best thing is like, I think of even staff that, that we've friction with, like there's very few people who who wouldn't probably still call me a friend or or, or speak fondly about common folk on Yeah, and, that, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, into, as in like, that wasn't the reason I acted the way I acted. Um, but I think that's uh, the well, that's a byproduct. Yeah, it's a byproduct of, of you doing yeah. what you've done. That's, that, yeah, I love that. What what is what are the best parts of what you do? Um, coffee. I love coffee. Like yeah. if you hadn't figured out, <laughs> I love drinking coffee. Um, I love getting new coffees in. I love talking about coffee. Um, uh, other than that, I think seeing people do well um, is exciting. Yeah. Um, it's also it also is sort of the most crushing thing though too. If say I, someone who I think has a lot of potential sort of lets themselves down but but I remember yeah. as well that like you you know life is a whole le- like series of lessons like I'm not I'm not gonna you know give up on someone because they stuff up with common folk and yeah. merchant um, I love that. but but yeah I reckon probably seeing as well the community and the customers like we've got some regulars who you probably be familiar with who like 
common folk is, is, is their bread and butter. If, yeah. they don't, if they can't go there and feel the community, like, it would yep. be really tough yep. for them. Um, which is humbling. All the way to McRae. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's humbling to know yeah. that you're, you're not, you're beyond a ritual. You're actually like a, you're, you're home for a lot of yep. people who, yep. who you didn't ask to, you know, to, to be part of the family you just hoped they wanted to be. And that's I, think, I think that's pretty amazing. Like, I spent, we spent a lot of, like our crew spent a lot of time at Virtus. Yeah. And apart from that, we're at home. But yeah. then the third place, like you said, yeah. like it genuinely is, <laughs> yeah. it genuinely is common folk. And I yeah. think, Having yeah, it's it's because of that, and I'm a big big believer that the culture is driven by the leaders and the people that are in charge. So bravo to you! <laughs> like yeah. you've yeah. like you've grown that and perpetuated that because that's what you want. And mm. all of the staff now, like they're not the baristas or the people that service our coffee. Like they yeah. they're good friends now because yeah. we've been able to get to know them and spend time with them and talk to them and and um, and I think that's. Yeah, credit to you because it's a it's a pretty amazing place to be, even on the shitty days, <laughs> and um, like even like when I've had some crap crap days of Virtus, like mm. I know that I can roll next street over to Common Folk and and have you know ten people yeah. ask me how I'm going. Yeah, Amy yeah. T comes over, and says something inappropriate. Correct. Grabs you. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're just like, oh. Bertie comes up and asks me to go to Mr. Banks for. For a for few the, frothies or five hundred times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ask me if I want to play golf in half an hour. I'm like, mate, I'm gonna work, but I appreciate you asking. Um, how? Or oh, next door, you've got the yeah. nook and and the snake hole. When did that happen? Oh, this, and this is a crazy. And how story. did that happen? Because mate, do you tell me things don't happen for a reason? <laughs> and I, I want to not believe that, but I can't. But anyway, yeah. so the day that I was looking at common folk, the day the real estate agent took us to the factory. Um, I rolled up the back roller door yep. into our courtyard and at exactly the same time, the roller door next door um, to where the now snake hole is was being rolled up and it was Josh <laughs> Brown. What a man. Now this, but it gets great. So Josh and your man went to high school with each other. Oh, did you? And then he moved in the same year level. Everything. We grew up really? like with each other basically. There you go. And he, he moved up to Bondi and was working for Insight. Yeah. And I heard on the grapevine he was coming back. Um, and it just so happened that the day he was checking out the back of his dad's factory to see if he could have a studio there That's was nice. the exact same day we were checking out and the only day we checked out the, the future venue and it's not only the same day it's the same, the same time, time. And, yeah. he, and, and, and he's like what are you guys doing here and I'm like oh what are you doing here and, you know, like we talked about what we were doing and he's yeah. like, yeah, it's awesome, man. How good's that? I was thinking of doing a studio here. <laughs> I can see Brownie yeah. saying exactly that in that yeah. voice, in that like yeah. level of excitement. And it was just, it was, it was really weird. And I think at the time, obviously neither of us really knew what it would have meant for not just like us, but also the, you know, industrial state in Mornington yeah. in general. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was a nice little piece of serendipity there. It yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy because it just works perfectly. Like mm. having a space like the Nook yeah. that push the same kind of creativity and growth and community as you guys mm. do and then having your courtyard out yeah. the back leading straight into the snake hole like crazy yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah that shit doesn't happen by accident but it's um it's pretty amazing if you could nail down the two biggest challenges in the last five years what would they be um in a business that's heavily reliant on your people because yeah. I, I know that people are like oh, hospitality is easy I'm like you kidding me it's manufacturing and like retail at yeah. the same time, yeah. but like on the spot, as in like 
you manufacture what you're retailing when people order it. And I think people don't realize how complicated those processes and systems need to be. And then not only that, you're asking largely a bunch of untrained sort of 18 year olds to do most of it. Yeah. Um, so it's no surprise. I think that the, the staffing is really hard. Um, we and I just want to shout out to all our staff too because maybe if I'm lucky some of them will want to hear what I'm saying um, but we're <laughs> really? re- we are really lucky at common folk and it's probably not luck as well it's the culture we've kind of got but we get to attract the best I think usually compared to a lot of businesses we don't struggle for resumes um, and we like to invest in our people and train people so we get we get like the pick of the bunch and the ones that stick around and like they're, they're there for a reason they're really good yeah. and, and, and I think they know that too but it's nice to hear it um, but yeah, it's still except for Tommy T, he's just there. What does he do? Hanging on. I, don't I actually know don't know if he has a job, like, or he has a title, but he doesn't yeah. actually join his work. Does he so. do? It? No. <laughs> I, I sent a message when I joined come over for a game of basketball, takes photos. Like, yeah, no worries, I'm not, I'm not working, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> the, the nicest human in the world. Yeah, I can't say bad things about no. him for too long. No, so no. I mean, he, you know, he's somehow he's been eating like five or six burgers a day, and he's lost five kilos. That's what he tells me anyway. Yeah, he's going to be skinny fat when he gets yeah, back, yeah. but we'll deal with that. <laughs> oh, mate. As long as I can beat him on the, uh, the rowing machine. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, so probably staffing would be one, um, yeah. and it's a real practical one. Um, but like I said, it's it'll always be hard because it never um, resolves. Cause everyone you're always wants something different yeah. all the time, and everyone's yeah. there for a different reason, and yeah. it's a matter of putting in all of that, mm. channeling it towards what you want as well, which is tough. Yeah. Number two, I don't know if I don't... I'm really curious if I've written anything about that. Um, <laughs> I wrote notes because I was really scared about it. <laughs> so, you, they, that is not notes, mate. That is an essay. I'm, I like to be... Okay. And that's probably... You know, the, the second hardest thing would be retraining the things I'm bad in because yeah. I'm bad at certain things. When I was younger, I could win most stuff. I was pretty quick on my feet in terms of like exams I didn't really study I just did them um, but you can't do that the you can't do that employing like you oh, know mate, no X many people so yeah. Um, probably yeah things like this like you know you're learning to use my calendar and my, my notes and stuff and communication and like you talk to like Shannon or Rooney or, any, or Ryan or any of the main yeah. guys and I'll tell you the communication is still like something I could you know work Get on better, yeah. um, but yeah probably that I think I've always been disciplined but more disciplined in things I want to do um, but I've definitely I think I've overcome you know not doing stuff I didn't like is that all through self-reflection or is that all through listening to your staff and listening to the people that are telling you that you should be better at it's it's a combo it's a combo attack yeah Yeah. so um, like yeah so I I board meetings it's it's funny we kind of chuckle at faculty and board meetings because usually it's just a bunch of you know me and my partners getting together and talking about stuff but um I guess that's a board meeting, but it's about work, isn't that a question? Yeah. Um, but having those guys ask me the right questions um, and then letting me largely come to the conclusions that they already had for myself, which is a really great way to teach people because um, everyone loves coming up with the solution themselves, even if someone else clearly gave it to them. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, but then, and then also, yeah, listening to my staff, especially the ones that I respected or knew were heavily invested, you know, had had a good perspective. Yeah. So I think um yeah. Uh, well, that's probably important because then they've they've come from a a place where they're separate for the biz- from mm-hmm. the business. They've come in, they've thought, well, this could be better, or this could be changed, or we could do this differently. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a new, I guess, outlook on everything, yeah. which is really easy in in your echo chamber. And I'm sure you go through the same things mm-hmm. I do. Is you get stuck in thinking the same way. Yeah. And you get someone new in, and they throw a new idea at you. And you're like, oh, oh fuck, that's a great idea. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it takes that kind of ego hit to a point to be able to listen to them mm. and actually take their ideas on board as much as you can. Mm. If you <clears throat> rewind a couple of years, yep. five years, if you're about to start the business again, but you had all the knowledge you have now, what would the two pieces of advice you give yourself be? Um, it would be um, to to really get shit done when you have the opportunity to do it. Um, be and, and, and this is why maybe we could learn quicker was to, to to go with the money and that sounds really funny uh, that was a rhyme wow <laughs> did not intend that right, um, yeah. like as in so when like we we thought customers would want a certain thing but they wanted something slightly different um, yep. which was more food you know to make a call on that earlier to um, to invest into the future I mean like the obvious one would be like you know build a bigger kitchen you know and have better infrastructure but yep. I mean, we, there's no way we could have known that. And secondly, we wouldn't have enough money to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it would be to to be comfortable with with being flexible um, yep. because as long as our manifesto was adhered to our core values, the things that made Common Folk, Common Folk were, were the sort of the starting point, it didn't matter what we did from then. And I think that there was a fear that like we had to do exactly what, we were supposed to do yeah. and what we were supposed to do was actually just shit we'd been thinking about but it actually wasn't specifically what common folks should yeah, do yeah and then you change yeah. and adapt and actually yeah. utilise those things yeah. you want to do but yeah. in a different way because you learn like everything yeah. changes yeah that's yeah um, that's super cool that's I don't know I was in that number two yeah number two so that is number two that's hard um, <laughs> uh, actually no it'd be to start giving zero fucks sooner like yeah. so I don't know if like the, the guys I have a reputation for for, I guess being calm in the face of you know a shitstorm yeah um, and it's something that like I had to learn like it's not apathy because I'm, I'm I'm really like I'm, I'm focusing on the problem and, I'll, and I like, want to look for a solution yeah so you're like zoning yeah. on that thing but it's realising that like um, that once something's happened being stressed about it you know you can't change that yeah. Um, and it's easier said than done like I know there's a lot of people like anxiety is a real and and, and, and then leading on to depression stuff is, is crippling a lot of people sort of our yeah, age and younger definitely. and I'm so aware of it um, and, and I've you know suffered through my own you know battles with um, you know with sort of stress and, and focusing on the wrong things and letting stuff overwhelm me but, um, but you can't there's stuff you can practice there's, there's you know like um, you know mindfulness and perspective that can kind of you know, that's reset. My, that's my word of the month. Yeah, reset. Perspective, or then yeah. my words. Yeah. Perspective and mindfulness. I think, mm. are just as soon as you allow yourself to spend time, kind of like regenerating and, yeah. and, and getting yourself back up and about, and having that perspective to realize that, yeah, I've got all this shit going on, but everyone's got shit going on. Yeah. And, and there's so many people that have shit going on that's mm. worse than me. No. It's uh yeah I don't know it it's it's. Yeah. Helps allow that kind of peacefulness to me, yeah. and, and stops me from worrying about yeah. gym not being big enough or busy enough, yeah, 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 or not yeah. having enough people in there. Yeah. Or, and yeah, I think that's really really important.
Um, but uh, look, I'm, maybe at some point, I'm sure at some point, maybe it would be a thing that would happen, but it's certainly not in the plans. So, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it would. It, I'd have to overcome a number of emotions. <laughs> for that to be okay. Yeah, well, you do have the uh, the old common folks. I've got a tattoo. Yeah. On the arm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's something I could never imagine no. doing. Um, I guess with Virtus, but I guess as a as a cafe, it's probably something that's probably more easy. I don't know, yeah. Not necessarily emotionally, but more easily sold. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. Uh, um, but you know, especially if you've got a team of people who are doing it. You know, separate to you anyway yeah um, which which common folk can like basically operate without me there now that, yeah that's that's super cool that's, I'm trying that's my next time yeah. to get to but hey it took me like what four and a half years before I could yeah. go on like a holiday for more than two well there you go I got, I got two and a half years to go yeah. to, like, sorry to break like you're like, yeah. not going away <laughs> wait no you are going away I'm South America <laughs> six weeks to South America but I've got, I've got an amazing team and, and no, I know that they'll uh not only look after the gym all the way, but continue to grow it. So I'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, you're in charge actually. All right, yeah, actually, sure. I might put you in charge. You train three times a week at different times just to make sure everything's tipping over. I'm gonna, I'll throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh. You did talking about selling. You did whose idea was Bussy McBus Face? Because <laughs> that was something that. Like, someone said we're getting a bus and then next minute there's a bus out the front with Bussy McBus face on the front so please tell me that story alright so one of my uh, one of our business partners who joined a little bit later Troy is he's possibly my favourite human if he listens to this podcast I'm just I'm going to be tickle pink he's, send it to him yeah, I'll, send him the link over and over again have you listened yet but he's yeah. <laughs> he's um, he was working for a business that was liquidating some of their assets and they had these buses and he's just like, do you want to buy a bus? And I'm like, um, I mean, I don't want to say no because that's not going to come up. So we, we just like collectively, it was a really good price. So we felt the risk wasn't too great. Even yeah. if we didn't do anything with it, we could probably sell it for the same, if not a bit more. Yeah. So we bought it and, um, and I talked to Ryan Tolman as a project guy as well. Um, so he loves to be doing something. Yeah, shout out to Tom. Ding. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, damn, I wish I remembered what his um, real estate photography company was called. But uh, if, you needed, <laughs> if you needed to take a photo of your property with a drone, Ryan Tomlin's a guy. <laughs> um, yeah. But he, uh, he um, was keen to fit it out um, and he really helped with both common folk and merchant. Yeah. And so he basically, uh, like he put his hand up, um, you know, after like, well, I, he, he had the same reaction to you when I said, oh, we're buying a bus. He's like, what? Um, but then when he saw it, he's like, no, yeah. we can work with this. Yeah. Um, and so we basically fitted it out. I came up with the name Bussy McBus Face because it was a shout out to uh, Bodie McBoat Face, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, and, and I was only appeased when they didn't call it Bodie McBoat Face yeah. because they called it Sir David, the, Sir David Attenborough. Yeah. So they named it after my hero. Well, that's um, fair. That's fair. Yeah, so I was comfortable with that. But, um, uh, and yeah, we, we, we kind of we took our time to, to do a good job of it. We, yeah. we seen all of the people who'd sort of had mobile coffee solutions that have worked with us we saw some of the issues that they'd had and, and tried to create something that, that didn't have any of those um, and, and yeah we've um, and and we knew we weren't going to be able to run it ourselves effectively yeah. um, like we could but we wouldn't really do it justice and so we decided to sell it too and we found um, a young guy uh, who'd sort of come from a career in IT who wanted to get into food um, JP and he we met him and I was so nervous that whoever was going to buy it was going to be maybe you know a bit of a dickhead or not really know what they were doing yeah. and I'd be like oh I'm going to sell to you but we just clicked straight away that's he's awesome. a legend already part of the family he's only had it for what like a couple of months now and he's yeah. killing it so yeah. yeah it was really good and, and like he's just 
doing so much more than what we would have done with it because he's got the well, time well, and it's his and he can take it yeah. take it where he wants yeah and that all happened in like a year like from like getting it I think we got it this time last yeah. year and that's <laughs> yeah, it's it was, out there serving coffee and it was awesome because you kind of just enlisted the uh, the community to, yeah. to get it done like with yeah. the Snake Hole boys doing the artwork yeah yeah and, and then um, and Lockie, Burst, Lockie yeah. from yeah. Burst shout out yeah. doing, he does all our signage and, that's and a free vinyl sticker there Lockie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I want some more stickers Lockie I need, actually need I, mean, I hit him up for some signage last week so I need a and that's a nice Voyager shirt you're wearing too yeah it's not actually yeah. a Voyager shirt no it actually is oh it is, oh, it is, it is good. Uh, I thought it was Voyager yeah mine Voyager yeah on that note, Go on. there's a kookaburra. Yep. Did I pronounce that correctly? Mm-hmm. How'd that start and, and what is it? Great. All right. Great segue, by the way. That was, that was, that was good. After, we planned that, didn't we? Yeah. No, no, we no, did was, not. That was a bad um, uh, So the kookaburra is a coffee co-op, I guess, or a collective that's um, located in, um, in Bali in Uganda. Um, but we probably need to rewind like, yeah, well, four and a half years to, yeah. to think about, or even longer, five years to think about why it exists. Yep. Um, so myself and my business partners are all, um, it's are Christians, like, um, like Tommy T was saying in his podcast. Yep. Um, and I think that, um, although myself, I'm probably don't feel endeared to the church, um, or the traditional sort of structure of that kind of stuff. I mean, like, uh, like obviously I'm a scientist as well, so I kind of there's, there's a not, like the traditional church probably conflicts with some of my beliefs. Yeah. But, um, but but we all shared a common um, view that we wanted to give back to I guess to to people. We wanted to do the work that sort of that Jesus demonstrated when he was on Earth, and that there's a lot of that was looking after the oppressed. You yep. know, uh, like you know, helping those who who struggle to help themselves That's and help sure. the widows and the orphans, yep. etc. Um, and, and I mean, I think as well, like, I think that's a natural human thing to want yeah. to do, aside from that. Um, but we were invested in it, um, and we just didn't know what to do. So I said to the guy, I said, oh, look, you know, maybe we, we look to the most vulnerable people who we who are our neighbours. Yeah. Um, and I saw my neighbours as being anyone that we impact day to day. Um, and the obvious yeah. one is, was, like, coffee farms. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, my partner, Andy Dell, had been over to Uganda um, and, um, and had a connection with a lot of um, uh, like sort of uh, uh, an NGO over there that was that was focusing on sort of community community development etc. And he was like, "Oh, do they grow coffee in Uganda?" And I'm like, "I've never had Ugandan coffee," but yeah. I looked into it and uh, where Mbali was um, and Mount Algon, which is where the coffee's grown, is yeah. right on the border of Kenya, in like prime coffee growing country. And I was like. All right, now I'm getting a bit close, excited. Yeah. Now, 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 because at the time I was like, oh yeah, that may or may not come to something. Maybe you just donate to another charity that exists. Yeah. Um, and and he actually talked to his friends from the community development team, and they said, oh, we've got a coffee project yeah. that we want to do. We just haven't financed it. Um, and we're like, how much money do you need? And they said, oh, we need something like I think twenty thousand dollars to do the 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 basics to set up a demonstration farm and build the infrastructure to process coffee and train the farmers because they're already growing coffee just bad coffee um, or not great coffee I should say yeah. That's, um, and and we're like okay well we'll commit ten um, percent of our profits um, to you guys yeah that's cool. um, and so that was probably decided maybe a few months before we opened when we opened the first week um, I wasn't using accounting software well. Um, sure money was coming in but I had no idea how much I was really spending we don't do that now but at the time I was like oh I don't know what 10% of profits is like I don't are we making profits what's going on Um, and so I was like we were really keen to still give because we felt that it was part of the common folk thing yeah Yeah. so we actually decided to scrap the profits thing because 
it doesn't make sense. You know, we're not sure. You know, it's going to be really complicated. We may never make profits. Do we not want to donate? So we decided to commit 20 cents from every coffee we sell. That's awesome. And from day one, every yeah, every coffee that Confoc has sold has gone to the Cup That Counts, which is the funding charity for um, Zakukabora. Yeah. Um, uh, and well, I feel personally responsible for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> well, actually, though, yes, you, you have. <laughs> and, that, and that's the cool thing is yeah. everyone who has yeah. guess, been there from the start or jumped in halfway and mm. and been there most days for yeah. coffee has contributed, yeah. which is the cool thing. I mean, this, this is the crazy thing, um, and I think I, I think you came to the launch, did you? Yeah, yeah, so, so you've already heard the story. I, I won the beer pong yeah. tournament against Jack Jeffrey. Yeah. Who hates it when I wear that shirt? So because <laughs> it reminds me. I won that shirt. A, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the um the, with, with Longy, of yeah. course, it was oh, the two yeah, of us. Yeah. Um, we beat Jackson, Jack, and, Jack and Dan. So yeah. eat a baggie too. But yeah, yeah keep talking. <laughs> Tell us the story because um, it was an, ama- an amazing night yeah. for someone that understood what the cup, cup that counts was, but didn't really see the, the, the impact. The yeah. Impact. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to. I've been over to Uganda two times now. Yeah. Two, three times. Two times. Uh, like not enough I'd love to go more I told, um, I told Tommy yeah. I want to go with him when he goes you, you should yeah. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding we can talk about that later but yeah, yeah. it's uh, the great people um, but um, it, it it took years to sort of um, obviously fund um, the program enough for it to actually consider producing a commercial harvest which was the key it was the idea yeah. that these farmers who have been producing coffee and selling it to sort of faceless corporations yeah. could produce it to a high quality and sell it direct to a roastery like ourselves um, they just needed investment and we managed to like so the people of Mornington um, or not just Mornington but like who buy have ever bought a common folk coffee or a yeah. merchant to make a coffee have contributed I think today like over well over $100,000 that's amazing um, that 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 is like like the impact is crazy so like $100 in Australia it's a lot of money but it's not going to get that far like yeah. maybe you could set up a cafe or something with it um, but in Africa that has built a processing plant it's yep. bought trucks motorbikes it's paid wages yes. it's bought like equipment for coffee it's paid for importing it's um, it's invested in training and community it's bought like tens of thousands of coffee seedlings um, it just it's insane and, and more to the point we haven't even sent all of it over yet because we wait for them to request like they, they get funds for specific things like um, it, there's still more money in the kitty ready to go awesome. um, and yet they're going to produce uh, so last year when they produced their first harvest that we purchased all of it was about four tons of coffee this year they're going to produce over ten that's awesome um, and that to translate that into sort of layman's terms as to how many people are impacted by that with four tons of coffee, yeah. that was 20,000 people um, oh, yeah. were in some way um, better off. Um, so if you think about that for 10, over 10 tons, that's, yeah. what's that, 50,000 people? That's lots of thousands. <laughs> like that's half <laughs> yeah. the population of the peninsula yeah. um, who benefit simply because people are choosing to have a coffee at Common Folk rather than 7-Eleven you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's incredible. And, and, and no credit to the Common Folk guys like um, in terms of we didn't do it we had great people who we could invest in as well yeah, I well, think it's an cumulative yeah. effort which is the most yeah. I think that's a, probably the coolest thing about it it's not just yeah. one guy going you know what I'm going to do this it's, yeah. it's it's an idea that's turned into helping a shitload of people yeah. which is awesome because it's actually making a difference yeah it's crazy. Um, and you're actually giving back yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's super super cool yeah alright let's talk let's talk about your religion and your faith awesome so, so I think and with you, I'm going to enjoy this because you obviously come from the scientific background yeah, yeah, yeah. or you've, you dove into the scientific stuff with, yeah. with uni and that's kind of the, 
the mindset that I come with. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you were raised Christian. Yep. Yep. So, yep. How, how did that affect the way you grew up? And um, it was, and once again, like, I had a great childhood, and I think that like when you're a kid, you don't know whether yours is good or bad. Yeah. I mean, mostly it's good because you're a kid and things are fun. And I mean, I know some people yeah. have horrible childhoods. Yeah. Um, but my parents are really good. My dad's a really quiet man, but really wise. Um, and I think you know, uh, I was a loud kind of crazy kid but dad had always taught me how to kick the footy and we spent a lot of quality to go fishing yeah. with me spent a lot of quality time with him um, and that was him showing me love and, and I think reflecting his faith you know his faith was practical um, and it was about being what he felt like you know um, God was to him yep. to his family um, I mean he worked in the same job for over 40 years like every day like for us yeah. like like you know never complaining just and, and that's I think about me working and I'm just like oh geez, we got a long way to go to even, yeah. you know to, yeah. and to, you, 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 to you're doing something you love what you're doing yeah. every day yeah um, and then mum was um, you know was a bit more um, oh she was super pragmatic too but she was a bit more vocal and, and she was really big though on justice so it's funny because like a lot of people think Christian and they think you know kind of conservative liberal family first voters yeah <laughs> not my mum <laughs> oh yeah she'd be, awesome. she'd be voting Greens except that they're not uh, progressive enough um, and so she was very much on um, she got Whitman paid for her to go to uni so she's always loved sort of the social sciences and, and that kind yeah. of thing and, and she was very big on justice and on um, helping people and we'd always have like a, a kid staying at our house whose parents weren't looking after him or whatever or um, or she'd be do, you know, doing a bread run for you know from Baker's Delight yeah. to give to the always trying to find ways to make yeah. it a better place and so I think I saw faith lived out yeah. in a way that's not reflected I think in the media and in society yeah. I didn't get the negative stuff I only saw the good stuff because yeah. um, I think my parents were really great examples of it and so when I kind of got a bit older as like a teenager and started becoming an adult and realized that a lot of people resented um, organized religion, yep. it surprised me. Um, but then I felt a lot of forgiveness. No, forgiveness is the wrong word. I, I didn't get annoyed at that because I realized that like, I mean, it's you, I don't get upset with ignorant people because like, like you don't get upset with a kid because he can't do mathematics. You're like, yeah. oh, let's teach him mathematics. Correct. Um, I'd get more upset if someone was like yelling at the kid for not knowing. Um, and so it's people who um, lumbast and like criticize, say, religious people or people who don't share a progressive opinion, yeah. um, you know, like they're idiots. And I'm like, well, they're probably not. It's just that no one's ever, they don't, they're not in, they're in an echo chamber where they've never heard an alternative. Yeah, um, and I think religion and faith can be super good, super valuable, uh, yeah. um, but it's obviously it can be channeled really poorly as well, just like almost anything. Um, I think yeah. it's a human issue, not so much an issue with religion itself. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's people just like assume that this one group or this one person that's, yeah. that's throwing all this hate or, yeah. or uh, anti-whatever yeah. at it is religion. But yeah. like religion is just an overarching term for people believing yeah. things. So yeah. I think when you, when you take the good with the bad like you should with everything in life and yeah. you actually go, well... Everyone, I like. I'm a big believer that 90 percent of people just want the world to be a better place and yeah. want, want to help and want yeah. to assist and and want to be happy and healthy and all these kind of things. So I think when you take a step back, take a big deep breath, which needs perspective. to have perspective, which needs to happen a little yeah. bit more often, and you have that perspective that everyone's just trying to do their best, then yeah. like things like religion and and things like that don't aren't a negative thing, and I, no, and I think yeah. they're. That can be a negative thing it yeah. can, that can perpetuate into a yeah. negative 
uh, view and, and result in the way that people are treated and, and I guess bastardized. But, yeah. but for the most part, people yeah. just want to be good. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that's really important. Well, it's interesting because like, I reckon, and, and this was, um, I've read a book called Sapiens, which is basically, it's, it's, it's just looking at the, um, the history of sort of mankind um, from, from, I guess, ape through to where we are now. Yeah. Um, and, and I should say too, like, I mean, I'm a progressive man of faith. Like I studied evolution. I believe in it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it contradicts the Bible. Those things don't need to link in for me. I think that, um, which is, which is like obviously not a comfortable for a lot of people, religious people that don't like that. And that's fine. But that's good um, because you've, <laughs> you've, like, you've adapted and you've, yeah. like, and you've grown through that understanding of religion. Yeah. Yeah, but not necessarily lost what you believe, no. like lost your beliefs yeah. and lost your faith. With Interestingly, faith. too, though, I think unless, like I don't think you need, I don't think you need to believe. Like, if someone wants to believe that God created the world in six days, <laughs> like I'm actually cool with that because I don't think that that translates into them being different to people. Usually, Usually they're not a, necessarily yeah, yeah. a bad person. Yeah. Like, it depends how they yeah. perpetuate that yeah. belief. So I probably wouldn't have that argument unless someone wanted to. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's good. But it's more like um, and so I was, I was in this book and actually it sort of. It eloquently put a thought that I'd had for a long time, like in, in, in terms that I was like, that's, that's what I've been thinking. Yeah. And it's a lot of people sort of talk about, you know, this obsession with spiritual sort of metaphysical things that humans appear to have as a negative, like it's holding us back. Yeah. Like it's the thing that, you know, that is the biggest weakness of humans, this, this desire to sort of understand, you know, is there, you know, to be obsessed with religion, like there's a God and, you know, the meaning, etc. But I reckon, it's the thing that separates us from every other animal. It's oh, why it we're successful. Yeah. Um, because like no one, no other animal believes, you know, in God, only humans, at least not that we know of. And actually I think, I mean, and, and, and this was something I learned from a book um, that I think humans don't have the ability to, um, to organize and um, positively kind of interact with any more than I think it was like 200 other beings. Anything yeah. bigger than that, yeah. and, and, and it collapses. 240 people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, except that we hold ideals, um, which are the idea of God, the idea of, um, I mean, like a corporation, a business yeah. is nothing. Yeah. Um, it's a piece of paper that we sign saying it's now a business, but it, it, it's basically common values that let more than 200 people interact with each other with a common goal and achieve great things and every great success humanity has had from the beginning of like sort of historical documentation has been because of our inherent nature to be able to collectively join together and go for a common goal and that's the whole belief in God thing and a lot of people go oh so that means that you you actually accept that God's fake and it's an evolutionary tactic well for me I'm kind of well actually no I don't I mean, yeah. you could look at it on the other side. I, I believe if we were created in the image of God, even if that was through a series of you know scientific sort of event, evolutionary events, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, it would make sense that we have that desire and yeah. that's what separates us from other animals. Um, and it also, I think, can, if you understand it, it can be a really positive thing. It can be a great way to understand why humans can achieve the things they do, but also a really good warning for us to not say throw the baby out with the bathwater which is get rid of religion because if we're all atheists and we're pragmatic we'd achieve things you know way more easily and everything would be better I'm saying no because then you're ignoring your biology we our DNA is set up so that we interact with culture yeah um, in a certain way and if we ignore the fact that humans aren't pragmatic and that we actually have an inherent need to have an ideal that we can collectively work towards you're not going to see less wars you're not going to see 
um, you know, like us achieve greater things and fly to Mars and, <laughs> yeah. and create, te- you know, like um, uh, teleportation. You're not going to see those things um, if we can't work together. And the fact that we can work together means we need to share common ideals. Now, maybe you could replace religion with other things, but you can't replace it with nothing. Um, no, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think yeah. we're in a really, really interesting point in history being like 2017 and everyone's trying to progress yeah, and yeah, forward. Yeah. And, and we've got that kind of, that religious, that religious kind of being as a, yeah. as a whole hanging over the top of us yeah. as we try and move forward. Yeah. And I think we're part of our society is just going, now fuck that off, let's move on. Yeah. But part of our society is saying, well, well no, there's a lot of good with the yeah, why, why, why did that happen in the first yeah, place? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think, well, I think it happened in the first place because our need to, and this is me speaking no, no, out of my depth, but it's, it's, no, I love it. our, our, our need to know mm. and to understand and to, yeah. to be aware of what's going on and why it's happening and things yeah. like that. And like, that's just human nature is we want yeah. to understand and we want yeah. to know, we want to know why things happen. And I think the, uh, the manifestation of religion and God and a higher power has just come from us wanting to understand why things happen. Yeah. And now that we're at a stage where science and uh, technology is getting to a point where we can actually start to unravel some of those mysteries, yeah. it allows us to move forward and develop. And I think we, like I said, if we throw the baby out of the bathwater and just fuck religion off all, all together... Yeah. We're, we're left with a bunch of people believing nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, atheism for me isn't believing nothing. It's yeah. believing that we're, I don't know, for me, it's, we're so insignificant in the whole it's spectrum. understanding. Yeah, yeah we're where we whole sit. spectrum of yeah. things that, that what I do doesn't really matter, yeah. but what we do as a collective is going to help yeah. the collective move forward. It's funny because I reckon, like, it's, it's hilarious. It actually makes perfect sense that we probably share a similar yeah. view but obviously, but mine is backed with like a belief that you know that there's sort of a creator and yours is probably more. Well, I don't know about she that. Just but it's where, where yeah. Yeah. Forward, yeah, yeah. But but I think it's because we're both asking the question why things happen and not just doing things. Um, and, yeah. and not not all humans do that, and potentially not all humans are supposed to. Yeah. But um, but like you said, sort of it's like but collectively, if you're kind of sharing a goal, um, which is something outside of your own consciousness. It's something you share with other people. Yeah. Um, we achieve these great things, and it's and it's by just doing small things yourself and everyone else doing Correct. small things that you build an empire. Yeah. Well, all those things, all those things, add up. Like, mm. like one of my really really simple things. I think is actually in the intro to this podcast. Is yeah. just if we do really really simple little things. Yeah a little bit better yeah. everything gets better yeah. and, and like that's the whole reason like you asked me the question before why I started the podcast yeah. the whole reason is just to find little parts or little ways of improvement yeah. through understanding and experiences because mm. I think so many people try and like move forward without actually experiencing things yeah. and I think the best way to figure out what you're good at or what you love doing yeah. is to do shit you don't like yeah because <laughs> as soon as that you like oh fuck this is what i want to do like or it's crazy you know, to, oh, i hate this yeah. no, hit me i wrote something down about this it's, i haven't yeah. actually referred to my notes as the first thing but it's, it's literally <laughs> what right. i said yeah. yeah yeah um like i i reckon the reason people don't achieve what they want to achieve is because they're not they're thinking either too far in advance or they're crippled with fear because of things i've done yeah and it's like you just said it's doing the small things and getting a little bit better every day I was just saying I, I try and draw inspiration and value from the mundane things that I have to do because they're 99% of existing Yeah. Um, and so many other people are waiting 
for the 1% of crazy event that's life-changing to happen <laughs> oh, for them man. to change. 100%. And, and if you do that, only, I, only you know, 1% of your life is going to ever mean anything to you. Yeah. But, um, but, um, but when you think about it, like what you were saying, that actually, in a way, everything's meaningless. Well, yeah. Like that 1% that you think is life-changing is meaningless anyway. Like you've got to get the most out of what you've got. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think, and yeah. yeah, too many people kind of chase that well, one day something magical will happen yeah. or, or chase that the thing that or the yeah. success that they want rather than actually focusing on them today. And Like I didn't just open conference. <laughs> you didn't just walk yeah. up to your factory, yeah. roll and, up the hey door guys, and there's like 13 staff yeah. members with a gym. Um, exactly. And people like it's actually, in a way, it's easier than it seems and harder than it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote an Instagram post the other day yeah. and I'm going to write it. Oh, I'm it. excited. Here we go. I'm going to read it out um, purely because... Like old, I chuck like I preach is a bad choice of words. But You're I, preaching, Pastor Wallace. <laughs> but I like I throw like I throw things out on, on yeah. social media and things because it's something that I'm struggling with or dealing with yeah. at that time. So one of the things I wrote the other day was for life. For me, life is a terrifying, magical, formidable, exciting dance between being present, enjoying today, and pursuing growth, success, and planning for that future that never actually arrives. Hmm. One of my biggest realizations lately has been the importance of mindfulness and perspective. Being mindful is allowing yourself to stop, breathe, and smile and enjoy all that has happened and all that is happening. Don't get washed along with your own expectations and dreams without allowing yourself to enjoy the journey along the way. And one of my favorite Alan Watts quotes is, you can't live at all unless you can live fully now. And like for me, everyone's kind of chasing that thing along the horizon yeah. that, like it's like chasing a rainbow you're never yeah. actually going to get there and you're yeah. never actually going to reach it so you are like perpetually left in a state yeah. of wanting more mm. and yeah like I had a kind of a three month patch of work uh, after so business partner who I started with Jesse left 12 yeah. months ago so um, really amazing learning experience for me mm. as a person and like I grew a lot in that time like we just moved out of home and like all these things happened at once and I had like a really cool five six month patch where I just like nose in the trough smash work yeah. like, I, like I did stupid days like 6am <laughs> to like 10 11pm every back day up, yeah. back up at 6 the next morning and mm. repeat and I had this point in the middle where I was like like I'm not getting anywhere like I want to do all this and we're not there yet and I think our, our physio, Greg, who's an amazing human, said to me, he's like, I don't even know how he knew, but I must have just been really flustered one day. And he sent me a message and said, um, take a big deep breath, smile, and realize how far you've come. Yeah. And that was kind of like the catalyst to kind of allow myself to go, well, yeah, I want all these things, but shit, we've done a good job so far. And yeah, I love what I do every day. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure you've probably had the same thing with Common Folk where some days you're just like, we're not getting there. We're not moving yeah. fast enough. We're not progressing enough. But at the yeah. same time, you look back and you see all these people that have been affected by what you've mm. created and it's a positive thing. Yeah. And I reckon, and, that's, and that might be a sign of sort of that, like, you know, people like like us, whatever we are, um, like it's not that you're never satisfied, but you always like to be, you know, improving. But then, um, but I like one lesson that my business partners probably push home the hardest is that yeah. like, you know, like have a look at what we've achieved as well. Like, you know, like it's good to take time to, to, to sort of reflect and go, yeah, this, yeah. this is good. Yeah. This is good work. Yeah. You know, we, and you know, like, and, and enjoy that. Um, and, 
Yeah, it's, it's not easy to do. <laughs> no. Especially yeah. when you know that, like, because you've still got your list of stuff you want to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, like, we've got, we've got gym rules, right? Yeah. One of our gym rules, rule five, yeah. and I'll say rule five to a lot of people and I understand what, what it means, yeah. but it's leave your ego on the hook. And I think when you can take, yeah. put that ego on the hook and take a step back and go, this is awesome, we've yeah. actually achieved something. Yeah. It's when you can start to grow. And, like, it doesn't have to be someone like you or someone like me who run a business it can be yeah. someone who's in high school and yeah. you know what last year we were in year 9 this yeah. year we we're in year 10 and we're moving forward yeah. and we're progressing yeah. or you know a uni student who's gone I don't know what I want to do yeah. and they've spent the first two years of uni going from I don't know what I want to do to hey I really enjoy this yeah. like enjoying those little steps and that little bit of progress is yeah. so important because yeah. that allows you to actually I guess draw inspiration from what you're doing to help you get to where you want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the, the idea of it's not, yeah, it doesn't just have to be the people in charge too. I think one thing that, that always um, I come back to is that like everyone seems to think, and I think society says you've got to be the boss. You know, you've got yeah. to be in charge. Like that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's reflected in almost everything. Like you've got to end up winning. And apparently winning means, I don't know, like I guess having power or whatever. But I don't think everyone. I don't think that's something to strive for. No, but I think you've got to figure yeah. out like what your well, what, winning, what your winning is. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's everyone's winning is different. Like Charlie yeah. Sheen's winning is cocaine and hookers. Yeah. Your winning is coffee and yeah. community. Like yeah. every, everyone's got yeah. what, what an example. Yeah. But everyone everyone's, <laughs> everyone's got a different. There could be some cocaine. If yeah. Get some. You treat yourself. <laughs> everyone's got their own variation of winning, and I think that's really really yeah. important to yeah. like it's. <laughs> It's one of those sayings that's kind of been thrown around a little yeah. bit lately, but you do you. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't try and, yeah, get someone else's trophy. Yeah. Because, like, there's a trophy for everyone. You know, what oh, is it? You've got to find out what it's it is. Yeah. Unless it's a participation trophy, then, yeah. you know, you can... Hey, but maybe that's what... That's, that's your vibe, being... you know, just being there to be with people, you know, and that's when... You shouldn't get a trophy for participation, but... Yeah, yeah. no, I'm with you. That's another story. <laughs> people are soft looking. Mate, that, that's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to tweak the conversation a little right, bit. Let's go. Let's, let's change it. You're an Uber driver. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. I only found that out this morning. Talk, talk oh, me oh, through that experience. Been talking to people. Yeah. Um, or you've been drunk in Boynton Main Street one night. Yeah. Well, um, no. Unfortunately, um, that never happened. So I've got to, I've got to credit Andy Dull, my business partner, for this one. So he started driving Ubers just for a bit of extra cash because um, he's a personal trainer as well. Like okay. And, he, yeah. and, and he just because you know no one's training at two AM so. Um, and he was like, do it, man, do it. Because if you, you know, I'll get bonus money if you like sign up. So I signed yeah. up and um, it was probably more, the thought was, I don't, I don't go to sleep before sort of 1am any night. I must like not, it's not a bad thing. I just don't sleep. That's just um, you. Yeah. That's just me. And I, and you some, you. yeah. <laughs> Whereas Eliza, my wife, uh, 10, 10 p.m. is a late night for her. Yeah. And so I'm like, what can I do in those three hours other than just like sitting on my phone, I don't know, doing whatever. Um, and so I figured, like, and I don't always do it, in fact, um, but it was just the idea, if I look up, if I'm up for it, I'd go out and just, I don't know, not just make some money, like, it's sort of irrelevant, it was more just, you know, getting to meet some people and yep. doing something different, like something that. that's keeping my mind in the game, and, and yeah, like, I, it's enjoyable, and kind of, like, almost just the humour of it was enough, like, it was amusing to me that I was driving people around like a taxi. I love that. Like, it was just fun. Yeah. What, what, what did you learn from it? Um... The like uh, a lot of chefs smoke weed because um, like, <laughs> they're, I they're up, up so late. Fifty percent of the people I was taking home were like stone chefs, there which is kind of funny. Uh, but but on the flip side, I'd say that like every, this 
everyone's weird, you know, like, and, oh, and, and all you need to do is give people like a little bit of an opening and they're happy to talk to you about pretty much anything. That's super cool. Um, uh, yeah, and there's not that many Uber drivers in Mornington. Because <laughs> I'd, yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's night, fair. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'd much rather be home on the couch with KP than, uh, yeah. than out in Mornington, but on the odd occasion happens. There's not all that many people to come no. around. <laughs> I'm no. just going to call you now. Yeah, yeah, say, just get on it. <laughs> you still do driver? No, but get in. I'll chuck it on the tab. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the, uh, the worst decisions I've ever made because that's just loaded up. In the moment. <laughs> You're probably out at your limit now. Oh, I'm going to do like five or six trainings a week, mate. Yeah, we, could, we have to train like twice a day yeah, to, yeah. to we'll look over that tab. <laughs> for those that don't know what we're talking about, we are, we're doing a trade for trade for... Uh, yeah food and coffee for training which yeah. is probably the best best thing ever oh yeah because I'm fat and Lockie <laughs> is hungry <laughs> correct and, and in need of coffee yeah. alright so to finish this off go on to finish this off I've got a bunch of questions for you I just want you to answer them as simply oh, or as, as in depth as you want alright what is your philosophy oh wow damn it I thought I was supposed to okay uh, we'll hit whatever you've got in your notes. Oh, I don't even know if I, uh, if I wrote an answer to this one. Jeez, what was <laughs> I? I wrote an answer to which bands I like. I like this. You did some research. Uh, my philosophy. Um, um, uh, Tommy's one's good. He improves a little bit every day. But like realistically, if I was to think about it, it would be um, to learn to love simplicity and hard work, um, but embrace complexity and fucking around. <laughs> Fuck, I love that so much. Someone put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, so much. Voy- yeah. Voyager, James, if you're listening, please put that on a t-shirt. Second one, what are you grateful for? Um, oh, people who give me the time of day. Um, but also, look, um, for my faith, for my 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 life, there's, um, we're, we're lucky just sitting in this office. Oh, man, lucky. Um, and so, like, I try not to... Shout out to Reese Johnson for the... Uh... Yeah, because... The, Good uh, electrician I hear. <laughs> Great the best, electrician, yeah. if anyone is an electrician yeah. on the peninsula. Um, <laughs> I'm, look, I'm probably... I. It's funny. And I, I'm not a... I don't seem grateful. Like, sometimes I think I don't verbalise it. Because, um, yep. like, well, probably similar, similar to Tommy, I'm always trying to improve. So yep. if I dwell on the good things that I have, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I've had so many people who have who've stopped and then and looked at me and taken the time to just give a little bit of whatever it is they have to give yeah and that's amazing um and yeah just uh just life i think uh life is a pretty precious gift like you get you get one maybe if you're you're a buddhist you get like a few (laughs) but maybe only one as a human i don't know like it's you don't want to waste it and it's good yeah i love that what is success to you um uh, actually, here we go. So Caleb's dad, uh, Pod, Podsy's dad, is a he's yep. a pastor. He's a wise man. Yep. And he was talking about contentment the other day. I, I, I listened to him talk about contentment, and and I think a lot of people think that that's like the uh, the opposite of what like say someone like myself or you was trying to do. You know, like we're driven by you know going to the next level. Yeah. But I think he, but I think that contentment's really important. So yep. that's the whole living in the moment thing. So I think success for me would be having enough perspective. To be content with where I'm at, but not to let it stop me from where I'm going. That perfect balance between sort of chaos and peace, you know, yeah. like just striving straight ahead. There's gonna be a whole range of t-shirts printed after this podcast. <laughs> if you could give teenage Sammy one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, 
Uh, the, pers- uh, the getting perspective soon yeah. would be nice, but and this is a, this is a pet peeve of mine now. Like I don't know if you've ever read like an assignment you did when you were in school <laughs> or like a, a letter you wrote to future lucky or something and you and it's usually cringeworthy to the max and you're yeah. like oh man i was such a weirdo yeah um, and i was a massive weirdo but <laughs> which I we think, love yeah we love that but but i think about it this way and it's the whole not regretting your past or letting it dwell on too much what everything that i did and everyone i met and every single you know instance that occurred pre this moment now it's like got me here yeah and i don't mind here like this struggles and things, but I think giving out, dishing out advice, I don't know what that would do. Yeah. Like if I told myself all these great things, these words of knowledge, I love that. would I even believe it? Like, you know, there's people who were saying this shit, you know, there's nothing yeah. under the sun. You know, I could have got any of the stuff I've learned from someone else, you know, millennia ago, but yeah. instead I decided to do what I did. So maybe I just wouldn't even talk to teenage now. I love that. I love that. I think Laura gave a very similar answer. A oh, really? Ago. Like it was, it was around the fact that, well, yeah, I'd like to know, but at the same time, every like who I am now is yeah because of of experience all yeah. those things. So I think that's a great answer. What is the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? <laughs> You'd have to ask them. Give me a yeah, great answer. Good. Um, oh, good. I, no, I, you, don't I don't have, you don't have to continue. Give me a coffee every day for the last two and a half years. Thanks. The last book. You, nice. What was the last book you read? Well, I read Red Sapiens. And um, what did you learn from it? Oh, humans are amazing, um, yeah. but also um, we've. I think that we we're not self aware as we're well, not as self aware as we think we are. Um, uh, yeah, I've I've been reading snippets of the Bible. I always do. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like I go through periods where I'm like, <laughs> I heard this story before. Yeah, um, and then there's other times I'm like, geez, that's actually I get what that might be referring to. Um, yep. But I'm a, a, but probably like I was talking about you probably podcasts are really I'm really enjoying those I've actually <laughs> I love um, I struggle to stop and to take a step back and do stuff so I listen to don't like, that I listen to to, to, to to junk <laughs> yeah. like to, like because I know that I need to do that so and when I say that's really mean if I reference any of the podcast but my mate Chris Miller's got a, he's called Footy Biff it's a podcast and he basically just talks with a couple of his mates about footy. That's cool. And he's like, it's the most one-eyed Richmond supporter ever. Every podcast is about Dustin Martin. Which, <laughs> and, but I just listen to it because I'm like, that's my mate talking on a podcast. It's that's nice. cool. I love that. I love that. Um, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, yeah. who would they be and why? Attenborough. Yeah. JC. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, and the third one, I... Jeez, uh... I don't know. This this is this 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 could be a bit lame, but I really my business partner Troy. He's cool. he's a very inspirational man, um, and and I struggle to like tell people, um, you know, how impressed I am with him. So you know, if he does listen to this, I love to have dinner with him. Yeah, good. <laughs> I, think I get a lot from him, but geez, that's why those three. Why uh, why, why David? David Amber is your obviously hero. my hero, um, and I think that. Is it- yeah, amazing human. Yeah, and, and and you know, like he's like he's getting. I've seen him live twice. Have you? Yeah, because he yeah. came and did interview. Ray Martin interviewed him, and I was thinking, oh no, is it going to be like <laughs> terrible? But it was Ray did a great job. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, Jesus, because like I mean, like oh, there's a million different questions you could ask. Is it is it Jesus as a person, or is it the idea of Jesus? Because that's yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't speak Hebrew, so Jesus as a person might be a challenge. Yeah. Although if he's the son of God, I'm sure that he can like flip out the translator and just. Um, but probably a bit of both. Um, yeah. So the the uh, you know the 
the Jesus, the personal Jesus, the one that, you know, Christians would say they don't have, but realistically we all do because everything's filtered through, you know, your own experience. Right. But then also the person would be great, you know, to fix, to, to, to rip down any sort of misconceptions I might have, yeah. you know. And what, what would the first, what would the main question you asked Troy on your... Uh... Troy? Oh, I, I've asked him it before and he yeah. always gives good answers. Just how, how do you do it? He juggles. So what, what does life. he do? So, so Troy's actually the CEO of, um, of the Maid Establishment Group, which is um, George Colin Barris's restaurants. Yeah. Um, and they've got a few of them and it's, and you know, they're a massive company and, and you know, like I think, uh, you know, going through obviously like, you know, different stuff at the moment with everything in the media, but Troy, I just think he's done an amazing job. He, he's inspirational to me because of how he manages to, to deal with stuff. And, yeah. Um, and, and just the way he balances family life and, and putting things first, like his, his wife and his kids. Um, and, and, and he's a peacemaker. He said that to me before. Um, and, I, and I want to be like that because, you know, like for me, being um, like critical, wanting to try and get better, you can sometimes, you know, you can like, you know, you can be too abrasive. You can scrape off a yeah. bit of skin when you're, yeah. you know, just trying yeah. to train yourself. And, yeah. and I want to learn how to, you know, appreciate different people for who they are, and I think he does a really good job of that. So I love that. Yeah. Really there you go, it. Troy. If <laughs> you do as the list. <laughs> On that note, Troy obviously being one of them. Yep. But who are your biggest influences? Well, yeah, Troy. Um, uh, definitely my other business partners, Duncan Brown, Ben Hogan, Andrew yep. Dell. All of them like have. Like, I mean, Duncan is such a um, uh, a go getter, a pioneer. He gets things started. Benny, like, he's like. I just can't believe I'm going to get to work with him. I could, I'm not going to talk about him. I'll probably get a bit emotional. And Dally, <laughs> Dally's just like the godfather of Common Focus comes in, has some chips and soup and so just uh, dishes out zingers because he's got plenty of them. Yeah. Um, other than those guys, look, I, it's funny. You know, people are supposed to have influences like that's my hero. Like Attenborough's my hero, but yeah. like his influence is now limited on my day to day. Yeah. I think um, I just draw inspiration to the people I work with. Like, you know, Tommy T inspires me to be better. Ryan inspires me to, you know, to think more deeply about things. Like Rooney inspires me to like work hard. She's amazing. Like, incredible. Like um, my, my wife inspires me to like be nice to people. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. yeah, I like that, and I think it's like you you want to look, I guess, as far as you can to find those influences. But most of the time, those influences are the people that you surround yourself with yeah. daily. Yeah. I think that's really important. If you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I have any one sentence jokes, so I guess I'll take two. Um, <laughs> think about it. Do it seriously. Right. Be real, mate. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> but uh, I'd like I'd like people to remember me as someone who gave more than they took, but not not like yeah. maybe in the sense that like you know people gained more from knowing me than they lost. You know, in whatever way that kind of materializes. Um, I like it. I like it. What's the best robusta you've ever tasted? <laughs> uh, I've never had one I enjoyed. Really? No. There you go. Cop that. No, okay. some, um, one of our old, um, the, the guys we used to work with, Comfo, Kane Blader, um, was a big fan of Queen of the Nile. It's a Ugandan robusta. It's supposed to be the best robusta in the world. Not yeah. Tried some. Didn't like yeah, it? It was shit. Oh, I'm sorry, Kane. Uh, yeah, that's bad. It's bad. <clears throat> Can you dunk? You're six foot a lot. Why not? From there's Tommy a video T. of me. There's a video of me almost dunking. Almost. Yeah, I can chuck the ball up, grab the ring, flick it down. It sounds like a dunk. 
Um, I'll pay that. But no, I reckon I've dunked like once or twice in my life. <laughs> in yeah, fact, yeah. hey, here's a challenge for you, Lockie. If you can get me to dunk, that would be that would be up there. I'm getting pretty old, mate. Yeah. The Achilles and the old quad. Yeah, look, look, look I'm, I like to think I'm relatively good at what I do. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if we tick that box. But hey, we'll see what we, we see what we can come up with. Hey, and, and, and just to flip it, you know, I like to ask Tommy T, can he dunk? He's six foot something. And... <laughs> Yeah, mate, he could he could barely jump over a jam jar, so I'm not worried. <laughs> All right, last last one, couple of questions, a uh, couple of favourites for you. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to throw one thing. First thing comes into your head as, you, as, 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 you, as you open your notes. I hope you read them. No, All right, favourite hobby? Uh, fishing. Good. Favourite resource for new information? Uh, like, honestly, Google. <laughs> Everyone keeps giving that answer. I'm going to have to change that question. Favourite recording artist? Uh, Suffering Stevens. Good, great. Favorite movie? Don't have one. Ooh, favorite band? Um, Block Party, Radiohead. Nice. Somewhere between that. Last one. Favorite quote? Oh, I've got a favorite quote. Hit me. Um, it's uh, if someone corrects you and you get offended, you have an ego problem. Yeah, I like that. It's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Love your work, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Can I, do we get? Do we get the record? Do we get the record? Uh, I don't know. Well, technically, we're at an hour and forty. Yeah. Right. So we did get the record. No, That's unless fine. you want. You've got half. Well, we can count the ten minutes that we didn't record for no, us. No, but <laughs> last week, which will be up last week for those that are listening now, Ooh, was, was me, was Pulsey interviewing me, which was two podcasts, we did an hour and 50 minutes, an hour and 20 or something. No, I'm comfortable with that, because you're, like you're way more interesting than me. <laughs> not sure, not sure. Mate, thank you very much for coming on. Is it's there any more you'd like to throw out to the to the world, to the universe? No. Mate, cheers to you. Hey legends, thank you very much for listening. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you haven't been to Common Folk Coffee, you need to get around it. It's on Progress Street in Mornington, just off Mornington Tire Road, uh, the next street over from Virtus Performance. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review. Uh, say very nice things about us, uh, even if you don't believe in them. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, then please share and subscribe and say very nice things about it because that helps us get around and get to people that will actually enjoy us. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Be amazing.